Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is November the 9th, and our chapter for today is 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Over the next three days, we are going to look at the day of the Lord, and tomorrow we're going to get into great detail because chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians gets into great detail. Now, I want to just introduce to you this book. As you recall, Thessaloniki was the capital of the area called Macedonia, and it was a prosperous town of about 200,000 people just in the metropolitan area. Outside were even more. There were the connecting cities of Berea and others. And so this was a thriving area, a beautiful city. I cannot even describe to you how beautiful the water is there. And just across the way are the beautiful snow-capped mountains of Mount Olympia. And it is a tremendous area for beauty. But it was also a tremendous area for the gospel. And when the Apostle Paul arrived at Thessaloniki, after going to Philippi, the place where the gospel was opened up to Europe, the Apostle Paul came to Thessaloniki and he really had a tremendous ministry. But persecution arose and so much so that he had to flee to the next city of Berea. And unfortunately, the people followed him and he ended up going from there to Athens and then to Corinth. Now, it is from Corinth that the Apostle Paul wrote both First and Second Thessalonians. Now, something you have heard me say earlier and that I dealt with, these people were special to the Apostle Paul. They were dearly beloved in Paul's heart. He longed to be with them, and because he could not stay with them and impart to them the kind of discipleship knowledge that they needed and help them to obey and began to get established in the Lord, then he was concerned. And so he wrote to them and shared with them what I have shared with you, what is contained in the book of First Thessalonians. Now, after Timothy came back, then all of a sudden there was a real movement to try to undermine the Apostle Paul. Paul had told them that the day of the Lord, which is a day of judgment, a day of calamity, a day when there was going to be the rise of the Antichrist, he didn't go into all of that with them, but he told them of the day of the Lord. And remember, there were a lot of Jewish people there, and they would have known about the day of the Lord, which he discussed in First Thessalonians chapter 5 which was part of the prophetic utterances of 13 out of the 16 Old Testament writing prophets. And so the day of the Lord was not anything new, but the Apostle Paul explained that, but took for granted that the day of the Lord was something they were familiar with because he had wanted to encourage them that they would not be a part of that time when God's wrath was poured out upon the earth. But as he had said in what we call First 
Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, that they would be snatched away, they would be delivered, that the Lord Jesus would come and take them unto himself. Now remember, it's hard for us when we are looking at letters written in chapters and in phrases now being broken down into chapters and verses. So sometimes when you are reading a book, a small book like First or Second Thessalonians, when you read what's in chapter 4, when you go to chapter 5, for instance, it seems like he's starting a new thought, but he's not. He has been going somewhere the whole time, and he was trying to get them to understand that God had a plan and a purpose for their lives, and that they did not need to grieve and sorrow like others who have no hope when a loved one dies. And then he transitioned from that in what we call 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 to chapter 5, where he talks about the day of the Lord and the wrath that is coming upon the earth. But they needed to be comforted because they were not going to be a part of that, for they were children of light, not children of darkness. That day would not overtake them as a thief and that God would come and take them away. Now, If that had not been the case, he would not have been saying, okay, now you guys, you're going to go through this horrible day of the Lord, and God's wrath is going to be poured out upon all the earth, and you're going to be right in the middle of it, so you need to comfort one another with these words of me telling you about that. That just goes beyond the pale of imagination that Paul would use the great tribulation to comfort them because the Lord Jesus spoke about these days that were going to be excruciating. He called them the great crushing, the megalathlipsis, that is the mega tribulation. And so when you come to Second Thessalonians, he wrote back to them very quickly because people were coming in and saying, Paul's a liar. He told you you're not going to go through this great day of the Lord, but you are, and you're already in the middle of it, and you can't get out of it. All of these coming and refuting everything that Paul said, and Paul could not get back there to them because of the great persecution. And so from Corinth, he wrote them back and sent the letter, and what we have before us is indeed that letter. And so the first chapter is just basically introduction. He centers in on the heartbeat of what he wanted to get across to them. So he starts out, this is Paul and Silas and Timothy, we're with you. You need to be understanding of what's going to happen. But before he went into chapter 2 and the rise of the Antichrist and the day of the Lord that's going to be coming and all that's going to be revealed, he starts with verse 3 and he says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren. As it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. He was just so glad to hear that they were doing well and that the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. That's what he's praying for, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulation, all the trials you're going through that you endure. It is manifest to everyone that God is counting you worthy to suffer. Now, this is always the way the Bible presents it. When we are suffering in Jesus' name, we are honored 
to do that because it is part of being like Jesus is going through persecution and enduring it. Remember, the Lord Jesus even prayed for those who were putting the nails in his hands. And he said, Father, forgive them for they're ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. This is exactly what Paul is saying in the first chapter. He's helping them to understand that God is going to take vengeance, that they didn't need to, that God would take vengeance, and he would do it upon a people that were rebellious and that he would punish them. And they, as the people in Thessaloniki that were followers of Jesus, God was going to reward them. He was going to bless them. And so this is why he says at the close of chapter 1, he said, Therefore we always pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified. That means to give honor to someone and to lift up a name or a deed or an attribute of some kind. You and him, according to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, The Apostle Paul, in this very short chapter, just sets the stage for what he's going to begin in chapter 2 when he says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus, and he goes in to the great day of the Lord after we have been gathered unto the Lord, as he spoke about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And so you read that first chapter again, it's very short, and see that the Apostle Paul is trying to encourage them them to say, yes, you're going through a difficult time now, but the Lord sees it all. He's going to reward you. He's going to honor you. He's going to strengthen you, but he's going to punish those that are coming against you. And so you can trust the Lord that he is just, he is righteous, and that he sees everything and that he's going to see you through until the end. So that's the beginning of this great, small, power-packed book that we will get into great detail in tomorrow's chapter. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.